This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant hospital leader in, in the pharmacy area who's going to talk to us about specialty pharma, why it's increasingly important for hospital health systems, and a lot more. We're visiting today with Vinay Epen. Vinay is with the UTMB, University of Texas Medical Branch. He's going to talk to us about what he's seeing, what health systems should be thinking about, and a lot more. Vinay, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yes, thank you, Scott. Good afternoon. My name is Vinay Epen. I am the specialty pharmacy supervisor here at the University of Texas Medical Branch. Been in my role here at UTMB for a little over two and a half years. Came in from the retail pharmacy space. Um, you know, saw the 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 medication access issues that patients faced um, with dealing with specialty medications, and came in came here into a health system. Uh, and building a program that kind of helps patients with medication access, the management of these patients, um, and been a, a definitely a, a big boost to the health system from a financial perspective, as well as a patient care perspective. Thank you. Take take a moment and tell us how the how it works from a hospital financial perspective in programs. Just give us the sense of it, because not all of us understand it. Yes, definitely. So, Scott, you know, most health systems, most major academic health systems that manage a huge patient population like UTMB have patients who are prescribed specialty medications. So this affects one to 2% of the patient population, right? But when we talk about drug spend for the healthcare system, it's 50%, right? So for patients in usually patients who are prescribed a specialty medication, it starts in a specialty clinic. At our health system, we have over 10 to 12 specialty clinics we partner with. These are usually patients seen in our GI clinic, our rheumatology clinic, our neuro clinic, seen by a specialist, prescribed a specialty medication. Um, these patients, when we first, when I first got here, me and my director and our ambulatory team were able to say, hey, these are the challenges that our patients face. These are the challenges that our clinic staff face when they prescribe a patient on a Humira in the Crohn's space, um, on an MS drug in the neuro space, right? We saw patients who were prescribed a therapy only getting started on therapy six weeks later, or patients who couldn't afford therapy and never started on therapy. So what we did is really revamp the whole system and revamp the way medications are delivered to patients. We we have a team internally. We have an internal pharmacy team that gets the medication prescribed to us. We're closed-door pharmacy, so the, the medication is prescribed, sent to our internal pharmacy team. We have a patient access team that helps with the preauthorization. Most specialty medications require preauthorization or some form of financial assistance. We have a team that helps manage that. Once the patient is approved on therapy, and usually when we do this internally, being integrated within the health system allows us to get these approvals within 24 to 48 hours compared to sending it to an external pharmacy, PA done by clinic staff, clinic staff inundated with these preauthorizations and the way healthcare is and payers are pushing back on all the prescribing of these high cost medications. We're able to hit that turnaround, de decrease that turnaround time by the 24 to 48 hours at max. Um, once we have a patient approved on therapy, you know, we're calling the patient. We have clinical pharmacists embedded in these clinics who are helping with the management, the education, training. We have the pharmacy folks reaching out to these patients on an ongoing basis just to make sure these patients stay adherent to these therapies and, and really reducing the total cost of care for these highly complex patient populations. You had mentioned GI, Crohn's disease, I assume oncology drugs. We're the most important, sort of most expensive uh, specialty pharma drugs that you have to make sure are managed right to make sure patients get what they need and it doesn't harm the health system or in fact 
the hospital becomes the, the pharmacy and it does okay for the health system. What are the most important areas economically? Yes. Definitely. And, and the ones you mentioned are really the drivers, oncology, GI. You have patients in the GI space that are managed for inflammatory bowel disease, so Crohn's, ulcerative colitis. These are patients, if they're not started on the right therapy, they go into remission, they relapse, they end up at the hospital, they come into our ERs, they come into our hospitals, and they, they increase the cost of care. So for our health system, it was important for us to really work with our providers and making sure these patients are started on the right therapy to help control cost and make it affordable to patients, right? Our, our big thing is what good is a medication if it works really well, but never gets in the patient's hands and started on it. So, you know, the, the clinical management of that is really important as well. Um, but really GI, oncology, rheumatology, a lot of your auto-inflammatory oncology disease states, those patients are really they have a total cost of care that's expensive to the healthcare system. So the management of that is very important. At one time, I remember hemophilia drugs and factor were very expensive in, in, a, in a big, big area of business. What's the current status of those areas, the factor and so forth? Here at UTMB, not so much. Really, every health system does a survey or an analysis, right, and sees you know, the providers they see, the patients they see, not so much here at UTMB, but definitely that is a factor in other health systems. Got it. And where are you seeing, people talk a lot about the 340B pricing and different changes in it that sometimes hurt health systems. Can you give us some insight into what people are talking about when they talk about 340B and negative impact on health systems? Definitely, Scott. Um, and, and really, it, it, you have to kind of peel the onion and kind of take a step back and see why certain health systems qualify for the 340B drug program, right? They're managing patients who are unfunded, underinsured, patients who don't who have access challenges, right? The health system I'm currently at manages those patients, right? And we, and we, we, we like to use the 340B drug program, which gives us a discount on the drugs um, and us to allow us to help get these patients started on therapy, use the financial and you know margins that we receive from taking care of these patients to kind of reinvest in service lines that don't do so well at a health system like ours. Thank you. And where have health systems had trouble accessing those discounts? It seems like there's always a tiff back and forth between pharmacy manufacturers and health systems over how to access those discounts. Any sense there? Yes, definitely. So I think Really, the, the scrutiny is under contract pharmacy and certain, you know, retailers taking advantage of contract pharmacies and seeing the financial incentives with that. For health systems like us with, with the 340B drug program, our ultimate goal should be that every patient that comes to our door gets started on the therapy, gets the care that they're needed, right? And if used wisely, helping those patients and getting access to those drugs, controlling their cost. Um, so I, I think when done right, kind of as, as our health system has done, is helping take care of these patients uh, in the way they should be. And I, and I think that the benefits have shown in that with the 340B drug program. Thank you very, very much. And talk for a moment about what advice would you give to others running specialty pharma programs for health systems? Yes, th this has definitely been a growing trend in the past 10 years of health systems having their own internal specialty pharmacy Obviously, the two big driving factors, one, definitely an economic incentive and helping with margins, taking care of that patient from start to finish, using those resource, financial resources to help reinvest in clinical pharmacists, embedding them in clinics, helping with other service lines that don't do so well in a hospital. The second would be from a patient care perspective. Scott, I can't tell you how many times we've had providers and patients tell us, 
look, you've, you've cut the time it takes for our patients to get started on therapy. Our patients are happy with this service, right? So most health systems should do an environmental analysis and an internal analysis to say, hey, let's take a look at the patients we're managing on a day-to-day basis. Are these patients getting started on therapy? Are we providing them the care? Are we closing the loop on the fragmentation of care that is existent in healthcare today, you know? I think once you do that and you do an analysis and you see the opportunities and you talk to your providers and you get feedback, I think that's when you take action and you do what what our health system did, right? You have the right people come and develop a specialty program. You work with your providers. It's kind of a beautiful thing when you see an integrated care model where you have pharmacists, doctors, nurses, patient liaisons who are going to do amazing work with getting these patients on therapy and connecting with them on a monthly basis. It's really what healthcare should be moving towards. And I know a lot of, a lot of health systems, a lot of health systems across the country moving to this model and have been moving to this model for the past 10 years. Thank you, Vinay. It's really helpful to understand sort of, and we'll talk more, I'll have you on again to talk more about the certain specific areas where there's the most ability to make a difference. You talked a lot about such important things like getting patients on their pharmaceuticals sooner, which they don't get on these prescription drugs sooner, then they really end up with flare-ups and challenges and problems and end up back in the hospital. And just ultimately, it really comes down to quality of care for the patients more than anything else. And you do a magnificent job of it. Vinay, I want to thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you very much for joining us. Definitely, Scott. Thank you for having me.